Hi friends, it's your girl Harpo. Welcome to this episode of Brown Girl Guilt titled Co-Creating Your Universe. That might be an incredibly confusing term for a lot of us listening, but lucky for you, we're actually going to break down exactly what that means in this podcast episode. Now, my intention for this episode is to have listeners realize that we are infinite beings with all the potential to truly live the life that we really want and that, you know, we're active participants in our own lives and that life is not happening to us, but, you know, as cliche as that sounds, life is happening for us. And essentially what we're doing is creating our own realities. It's really up to us how we choose to move through our journey and experience. And that might be a little bit confusing again, because Normally, we're taught that there's this being or this energy or this source that is writing our reality or is guiding our every move and action and that we're just kind of passively moving through life, but whether it's God or, you know, this source or energy that is really taking charge of our life. But the reality is that we actually create our own reality. You know, it's up to us how we choose to move through our journey and experience. And it's really up to us. We get to choose how we feel about things, how we process things, how we act, um, whether we respond or we react to things. It's really all up to us. And I love saying this, that we're the driver of our car. You know, we're in the driver's seat of the car that is our life rather than life driving us really, which is again, the common conception. And I guess the moment that you realize that you are the driver, your life changes. And I know that sounds dramatic, but it's true. Your entire life changes when you you realize that you are the driver of your own life. You know, there's that one episode of Sweet Life on Deck where it goes, you are the pilot of your own life. And, you know, Cody leaves that seminar feeling incredibly inspired because he finally realizes that he is the pilot of his own life. He is the one driving the plane, not anybody else. And I think the moment that you realize that you can co-create your own life, which is exactly what we're going to talk about in this episode, magic happens. Magic truly happens when you realize that You are responsible for almost everything that happens in your life. And I don't mean that to say that, you know, things cannot happen to us without our will. Of course, this is life. Things happen to us all the time. Someone swears at us. Somebody hits us. Somebody fires us. Somebody hires us. You know, things happen to us all the time. But there's this incredible book that started myself you know, growth journey um, by Mark Manson titled The Subtle Art of Not Giving an F, right? And in that book, there's a passage essentially that talks about how when you start to think of yourself as responsible for everything that happens in your life, you don't just become in charge of the problems, you actually become responsible and in charge for all the solutions in your life too. When you say to yourself, okay, I got yelled at. Yes, somebody else did it for me. You know, somebody else did it to me actually. What can I do now in return? If I make this my responsibility, what can I do in return now? What do I do? What's my responsibility in this? And you can choose to avoid talking to this person. You can choose to, you know, block this person on social media. And you get to choose whether the yelling is going to impact you for weeks on end, whether you're going to sit with it for a couple days and really feel upset about how it made you feel and then eventually let it go. Or you're going to tell every person that you meet that, oh, did you know so-and-so yelled at me that one time? 
I speak from personal experience. Somebody yelled at me and it was my decision if I wanted to keep it with me or let it go because I want to co-create my universe. And the word co is so important in the term co-creating your universe because we're not saying that you're fully responsible. You know, there are some things that are still up to the will of the universe, you know, the will of God, light, source, energy, spirit, whatever you want to call it. You know, there's still an element of things that are only going to happen to you because that's what's good for you, right? Or that whatever is meant for you will never miss you. That element is still there, but it's up to you how you choose to receive those things. So the guest of this episode is Suman Kandola, who I actually learned the term co-creating your universe from. Suman is a hybrid creative offering insight and expertise on the entire scope of a project. She works with Self-Hired as the project lead and producer, and she's incredibly skilled in crafting an idea, organizing it into life form, and optimizing it for the platform where your community hangs out. But beyond that, Suman is a deeply spiritual and loving woman, full of so much love inside of her and so much love around her. She's also the co-creator of the Mindfulness Deck over at Exo and Hustle. And the Mindfulness Deck is for busy and ambitious women to practice real self-care daily. And there's so much that I learned from Suman every single time she posts on Instagram. She's notorious for posting these videos where she just speaks her true thoughts and feelings of the day. And this episode is going to be a chance for us to not only meet Suman, but really meet the concept of co-creating our universe and how we can feel empowered to be the drivers of our own cars. Hi, Suman. Welcome to the Brown Girl Guild podcast. Hello. How are you, my darling? I'm good. I'm so excited to talk to you. I've literally been waiting months and months and probably more than months and months to just like sit down with you and just do something with you, but definitely months and months to record a podcast episode with you. Oh, I'm so hype. You know, you had mentioned, um, you're like, oh, like I've, since the time I met you, I'm so excited to do this. And I was thinking about the first time that we met and it was at She Talks, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah. And I just, I, I, you were presenting and I was just like, this girl is going to be so big and bold for so many other people. So just know that like in so many different conversations, we've talked about you and it's just such a highlight where it's like, I am so grateful for the work that you are doing because I know what it is doing for other people. Oh, thank yeah. you so much. And I mean guys. That with my whole heart. <laughs> That is so adorable. Yeah, the Bronco Get podcast is really just a chance for me to get people who love me onto the podcast and talk about me endlessly. <laughs> I just need all the compliments, please. <laughs> and they're recorded for the entire world to hear. So all the haters. No, I'm kidding. Bye. Um, <laughs> no, that means a lot to me. And I think like even that day that you met me for the first time, um, you know, if that's what you thought about me on that time, I think at that time I was really still trying to figure out like who I was and I was really exercising my voice for the first time in that kind of context. Um, mm -hmm. And I think the growth that I've had from there until now is exponential. And, you know, there's so many things that I've learned from you along the way, whether, you know, I've been able to tell you or not, you know, I've, I've been admiring all the videos that you post to your Instagram feed where you're just talking about, you know, your thoughts and your feelings, or if you had a very profound conversation that day with a friend, 
you make a video and you share it. And it's really inspired me to be able to do the same thing um, and to just be open and, and like not necessarily keep the knowledge, but to share the knowledge. And that's also what this episode is going to be. It's going to be a way for us to like share the knowledge that you and I have acquired from other people in our lives, from ourselves and from each other. And the episode is titled co-creating your universe. And that this is something that I've learned from you, you know, co-creating your universe. It's something that I've heard you say a ton of times. Um, and so I want to ask you right off the bat, what does it even mean to co-create your universe? And I want to ask you how it came into your orbit. Like when and why did you start to maybe adopt that catchphrase in part of your life? Yeah, totally. Um, well, thank you so much for all of that. Uh, I do love those videos. And to that note of like sharing knowledge that you've acquired, I think a big part of that is also knowing that you can own it. Like, you know what I mean? Like where that lesson is truly sedimented into your body, into your mind. So you're not still processing it while you're sharing it. And I say that because co-creating your universe, you know, I feel like a long time ago, I would say like in 2012, that's like when I really started to figure out like, yo, I was in this job and I was like, I don't want to be the person ahead of me. Right. And I was just like, okay, so at first, you know, it feels like a crushing reality and you're like, you don't know how powerful you are or how much agency you have over your own life. Um, But as I started to like, you know, start diving deep into personal development and diving deep into, okay, what can I do manifestation and all that? I don't even really like the word manifestation. I started to realize that like one, our biggest um, addiction is our problems. So we're so Mm -hmm. addicted to how we feel bad for ourselves. Um, And then two, that we do truly have agency over our lives. So if we want something, it's almost like a scoop and pull. So like if you look at your hands and you take your palm out and it's flat, but then imagine if you were to scoop up some water from like the ocean, right? You can't, you can scoop up the water if your hand is just slightly bent. But then if your hand is a fist, you're not going to scoop any water, right? So I feel like co-creating has taught me that it, it your hands cannot be flat and your hands cannot be closed but they need to be in the middle and it's like a scoop and pull right and it's just like there's so much agency that we have to create the life that we want it's whether we choose to do that or not we all put our hands out in front of us when somebody yeah that. <laughs> i hope so <laughs> It's true because the the fist is resistance, right? The fist is Mm -hmm. saying that your hands are completely capable of being open, but I'm choosing not to open them. And that's the, that's the biggest thing is like you said the word agency, you know, the, the, you have the agency to say, I'm going to open my hands and I'm going to be really open to receiving all that I am capable of and deserving of receiving, but I'm choosing not to. And I think that that choice and that agency gets lost on people. And I know that because I've been there where I was addicted to my problems, like you said, and I loved playing the victim. Like it was so much fun at the time to play the victim. Um, I guess like at an ego level, but deep down my soul was like, baby, you got to stop playing the victim because you're not, you're not a victim. You're actually very powerful. And again, like to use your metaphor, your fists are so tight that your nails are digging into your own skin and you're not realizing how that too is also causing you pain. Yeah. And you know, like I learned that from a meme, (laughs) like I'm not even lying. (laughs) Like I literally learned that from a meme and it's just like, even the victim thing, I love that you said that. I'm going to share a story with you. It's um, 
I was working in this company and I had this boss and he wasn't like my boss boss, but he was my direct supervisor. And he had this energy about him where nobody in the building liked him. No one liked being around him. And they, he was a lesson for a lot of people. And you could quote unquote deem him as this like victim energy, sorry, like this um, negative energy that's in the room. Right. Mm -hmm. And I remember coming home every day and I was just so fucking distraught by him. And I was just like, what am like, fuck him like this, that like, and it was all about him, him, him. And then I had this moment where I realized like, this is a story that I'm telling myself. The story that I'm telling myself right now is that this person or this thing has precedence over how I think and feel about myself this has Mm -hmm. precedence over how I believe I like what I believe I deserve right and once I realized that I was like oh I'm choosing in this story to make myself the victim here and to make him the victimizer and I was like if I just choose to even just simply change him from the victimizer and remove him from that place of power then I I take him off that pedestal and now he's an equal playing field to me but internally that changes the energetic relationship that I have with him right so I'm no longer like oh I have to be a victim here because I no longer have a victimizer right and so when you do that you realize like I had that power all along and you can shortcut that feedback loop and be like okay why am I putting myself in victim energy because I don't think that ever changes I think the that you get faster at identifying it and changing your behavior because you now know better You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think what you're also pointing to is this, this, um, you know, idea of placing our power outside of us is what I was Mm -hmm. thinking of. It's like that, that everything else is so powerful outside of you that it's impacting you so much. Then, I mean, we don't, we don't actively sit there and maybe think that, but I think at a deep level, we're choosing to believe that everything else around us is more powerful than us when we allow them or things to impact us as such. Like if you had not consciously maybe thought to yourself, I am choosing to allow this person to impact my mood and, and my my feelings, you know, you, you realize that the power is within you to be actually able to change the narrative. And I think what we do so many times is place our power outside of us and not necessarily acknowledging that we have the power to actually make change in our lives. Right. Yeah. And you know, even to that, it's like, I I love analogies because I feel like everyone um, identifies and like resonates with different things. Like even with that, like you can think of something as simple as like, okay, if you're working out, right. And Mm -hmm. you're at the gym and you have to do 15 reps of this one exercise and around like 13 you're like okay that's enough the only person that you're cheating in that situation is yourself like when you truly Mm -hmm. truly think about it even if you have like a personal trainer right beside you even if your homies right beside you ultimately like you doing those other two reps you building that um sustainability within your own body is it's for you. No one else is going to benefit from that. Right. So it's like when I, when I, when you think about it in that way, like when you are giving your power away, you're ultimately hurting yourself. And when you take your power back, you're ultimately supporting yourself. Mm -hmm. So you said a word and you said, you don't really like that word, but I love Mm -hmm. this word because I'm Mm -hmm. so curious about this word manifestation manifesting. Mm -hmm. And I think the reason that we maybe don't like it as much is because it's it's really become a buzzword in our I don't like the way it's been marketed. Culture. 
Yes. 100%. 100%. <laughs> and so I think the best way that I was able to understand manifestation recently was again through you. Um, you know, you shared on Instagram that real manifestation isn't wanting X, Y, and Z, but it's considering yourself worthy and deserving of X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that blew my mind because <laughs> I was like, holy shit. Yes, <laughs> I have to raise my energy and vibration to attract what it is that I want as opposed to sitting here and being like, well, I want X, Y, and Z and I'm manifesting right now. So I want to write it down in a journal and it's going to yeah. come to me. But that's not how it works. No. And so I'm so glad that you brought that up because, you know, my experience to getting to that understanding and that consciousness, like that took a lot from me and a lot of learning. But if I could provide a shortcut to anyone, it's like, okay, so let's say you want to manifest um, whatever. It could literally be as simple like I want my coworker to bring me freaking food today. Or it could be as big as like, um, this is a home I want. The thing is, you're not truly manifesting that objective thing, that thing that has volume or mass or weight in the in the 3D world, right? Mm-hmm. What you're truly trying to manifest is like, how am I going to feel about myself? What is this going to say about me? Who am I going to be when I receive that thing? And the thing there is like, if you look at your core beliefs of like, I am worthy, I am enough, where, where do those sit? So like, I think a lot of people, you know, will talk about relationships, like, oh, I want to manifest a boyfriend, or I want to manifest a girlfriend, and I want to manifest a healthy love and whatever. And so it's like, when you're thinking about those things, ultimately, you might have your pre your predisposition of like, hey, these are the relationships I've been in, this is a relationship that I've had with my parents. Um, and so this is what I want, because it's completely opposite, or because it's very aligned. Now, the belief of you thinking that you deserve that is very different, right? You can say that, hey, I want this ex relationship, that's so great. But you might internally believe that like, oh, if somebody else loves me, then I'm worthy of being loved. And then you're separating yourself from love when ultimately we are love, right? So it's like, I'm not separate from love. I was created from love because I am created. Now, does that make me entitled to love? No, it doesn't make me entitled to somebody else's love, but I am entitled to love because I am love. So I I am inherently worthy of that. But to get to that point and knowing that you're inherently love or you're inherently worthy, you're going to have a very different experience in co-creating the the person that you want a partnership with in comparison to saying, I want a really hot guy who's got a good career, who's got good friends, who treats me right, this, that, whatever you want, right? So it's just like that one is going to be built from ego and another is going to be built from worth and from um, your core belief system. And I think that if we spent a little bit more time understanding our core belief system, we would know what we actually want. And I want to relate it to one, one other thing is like, I want to relate it to hustling because like you and me, we're both fucking hustlers. Like we love (laughs) working. Right. And I think that, you know, so much, so much propaganda is out there in the world right now. Like, Oh, you need to be doing your purpose. You need to be manifesting your dream life, your dream career, this, that, whatever. The best advice I ever got when it came to that was like, well, what is the process? Like, I don't, I no longer say like, Hey, I want to build, I want to make a movie. It's like, do I want to go through the process of what creating mm-hmm. that film would be like for me? Because ultimately that is 
the experience. You know what I mean? To have the glory and whatever, to be at the top of the mountain, that's very short-lived, right? But the process of that, what will this actually do for me? How will this challenge me? How will this force me to grow? Um, And is it the ways that I want to grow? Those are the type of questions that I wish more people ask themselves or were encouraged to ask themselves because that's what you're actually manifesting into your life. Right. And then you're going to get that thing and then you're going to think to yourself, but I, but I don't like this or this isn't aligned with me. Right. And then you're going to be like, then you're going to resent that process and you're going to resent that, whatever that is. Right. Um, and you know, while you were talking about that, I was thinking about this tweet that I saw once and you know, I tried Mm -hmm. finding it and I couldn't find it, but it was like, some of y'all want, you know, really patient and loving and caring partners, but are you all those things? And, mm-hmm. you know, I'll also share a story that, you know, in the beginning of the year, I made a list of the kind of partner that I want to attract into my life. And, you know, somebody had said to me, like, write down, um, you know, make, make categories. How do you want this person to be physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, you know, whether you want them to be spiritual or not. And so I made a, a list of all these things. And, over time, I felt like that list just wasn't resonating with me. And then maybe like a month ago, I made a list, a new one. And I wrote down only the things that this person does for themselves. I wrote down, yeah. you know, that he nourishes himself with good food. He has good friends in his life. He has an understanding of his family, um, you know, and that he speaks to himself kindly. And I wrote I wrote this new list down because I was like, well, if, if this person is doing everything for themselves, then they will be doing those for other people as well. And in that, I got to, I got to really like get curious about whether I actually am those things. Like, do I speak myself, speak to myself nicely? Do I have a kind inner voice? Do I nourish myself with good food? And it was, it was like a mirror, right? Like I was only Mm -hmm. writing down things on that list that I already am and not asking for anything more than that. I wasn't asking for things that I'm not, you know, if, and even things like, you know, not even writing a patient person anymore, but writing down someone who was willing to learn the practice of patience because Mm -hmm. I, that's where I am right now. I think it's so important to say, you know, that yes, manifestation and even like another buzzword law of attraction is really just us learning that we have to become what it is that we want to, to have in our lives and attract in our lives. We are what we seek. And that is so true because it's like, we spend so much time thinking like, what do, like, it it goes back to that entitlement thing, right? Like, what do I deserve? What do I want? What do I want to create? But we're creating from up down versus if we create from down up, it's like, Mm -hmm. who am I? And okay, so like, if you had that person, so that impatient person that you were like, hey, this is the kind of person I want to um, invite into my life. What does that actually require of you to be? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's like, I, I really learned, you know, lately, like just being around even like very busy men, very like entrepreneurial, busy men who are very purpose-driven and passionate about what they do. If you want that in your life and you see that as a value, then you also need to know what it means to honor that person in, in their pursuits, but then too, also like how you would need them to show up for you. And then how would you in turn show up for them? right? It's like, how can I rise to the occasion? What would, what kind of woman would I need to be in order to create a container in that kind of relationship? And so it's just like, it's ultimately putting all that onus back on you because when you put that onus back on you, it goes back to the worthiness thing, right? It's like, if I treat myself really well, if I care for myself, if I know I'm loving, if I know I'm worthy, if I'm enough, 
I'm not going to vibrate at a level that I allow people who don't think or believe those things about themselves or about me into Mm -hmm. my, into my world. You know what I mean? They just, they just won't stick. Yeah. And you know, there's people in my life, um, now who I can, you know, like I'm psychoanalyzing people all the time. (laughs) Sorry, not sorry. But I know this because this is something that I used to do. And I, you know, I have a a beautiful self-awareness of myself. And so I'm able to meet people with compassion as well when I'm psychoanalyzing them. But, you know, like for example, if, if there's, so I'm going to use my mom as an example. My mom often Mm -hmm. says, you know, um, that there are people in her life who don't necessarily honor her boundaries. And so my first question always is, okay, but do you honor your own boundaries? You know? And so mm-hmm. there's a friend in my life, there's a friend in my life who's like, man, my life is always so chaotic. Like there's so much chaos in my life. And I'm like, okay, well, yeah. how much of that chaos is created by you? Like, do you feed into chaos? In your language, are you saying that I thrive in chaos? A lot of us say that, right? Like again, like with this yeah. hustle mentality, we love to embrace this like productivity culture and like, I love chaos. I thrive in chaos and I'll sleep when yeah. I'm dead. So if you're, if you're inherently, you know, your body is not okay in the chaos, but outwardly you are attracting chaos into your life, something is missing. Something's not aligned there. And so you're getting upset about something that you are, you know, for lack of a better word, like facilitating in your life, right? You're not owning it. You're not owning it. You know, the boundary thing, dude, that is huge. That's like one of my favorite cards in the deck, in the mindfulness deck is um, uh, like respect your own boundaries. So it's like, if I have told you that this is my boundary, then when you try to cross my boundary, it is 110% my job to make sure I uphold my boundary because I ultimately am teaching you how to treat me. But Mm -hmm. those things take time, right? So like if before I let you drive all over me and now I'm like, yo, that's not cool anymore and we could still sustain this relationship, but this thing's going to have to change, then that's going to take time. So as much time as it takes for the other person to learn how to respect your boundary, you need to learn how to respect your boundary and how to uphold it because that's ultimately going to change your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that you mentioned the deck because there was something that I really wanted to talk to you about when it, when it comes to the deck. So I was watching a video on your Instagram of, yeah. you know, when the, when the deck wasn't fully done yet, but you were introducing it and you were talking about it and you said something, um, and it was putting action behind your intentions. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, Oh, I wonder what that means. Putting action behind your intentions you know, or like for me, I've always, I've always thought about like intention behind action, but you said action behind your intention. Talk to me about that. What does that mean? Oh, I love that. I love that you brought that up. Um, okay. So I want to talk to what you just said. So action, what did you say? I put action behind your intention and then you said intention behind your action, right? Yes. Okay. So intention behind your action and action behind your intentions are two very different things, but they are of the same family because Mm -hmm. one in like having intention behind your actions means that you are driving to somewhere with purpose, right? Mm -hmm. So that's purposeful shit. Now action behind your intention is like, okay, I could have an intention that I want to build a brand that is going to support young women that is going to allow them to learn how to become their own best friends. That's literally what EXO and Hustle is. It's like, I want Mm -hmm. women to learn how to communicate with themselves so that they can communicate effectively with themselves, get to know themselves. And ultimately it 
elevates the way that they experience life. Now, in order for me to do that, that could be my intention and I could be jolly on my way about that. But if I don't put energy behind that intention, if I don't put action to that intention, then it's not going to do anything for me, right? Versus I could be slaving away, working and hustling and getting shit done, but I could ultimately not really know why I'm doing it, right? Mm -hmm. So they're two very different things. Like it's like, knowing your purpose is one thing. And I don't really like to say knowing your purpose, but I would like to say like knowing why you're doing what you're doing, right? Right. Even if it's like, hey, I'm working for X job because X job is going to teach me how to all the computer skills that I need in order to be able to run a Shopify account on my own. Boom, cool. Mm -hmm. Now you know why you're doing what you're doing. But ultimately, like you can't say you want something. You're not going to think your way to fit right? Like you have to work on it. You have to actually do the things. And that is like, I, I, so like with the deck in, in particular, a big thing that I've seen in the spiritual community and why I created the mindfulness deck was because I felt like a lot of us, um, have this journey, right? So it's like, whether, however it starts, you start to take care of yourself and you start to have a bit of this spiritual awakening right? And Mm -hmm. through that spiritual awakening, maybe you find faith, maybe you find uh, divine guidance, maybe you feel like you are connected to something bigger than yourself. And as you connect to that, and you start to create a relationship with that, you ultimately start to tap into your spiritual ego. And that spiritual ego death is huge, and it takes time. But as you go into that, then I feel like you start to kind of rely on it. So it's like, God will get me there. I will do that. My angels will do this for me. And in in this community, I just felt like there was no action. And this like hustler part of me was just like, well, you've got to go get what you want, right? Like mm-hmm. the same thing. You're not going to think your way to fit. So it's like, if you want to go get what you want, then you need to put action and energy behind that. So derived from the idea of tarot from Oracle cards, where it helps you read your energy, the ultimate hope of the mindfulness deck is like, hey, you've read your energy. Now let's figure out what kind of real life activity can I do in order to move this energy, to get it moving, get the wheel going, put that snowball, start going down the hill, start building off this act, action. You know, like you ever feel that, um, that like really ugly feeling in your back when you're irritable? And it's like, you don't always know how to get rid of it. And you're like, okay, like, do I need to meditate? Do I need to do yoga? Do I need to go kickboxing? And it's just like, it's a tool essentially to teach you how to learn and to listen to your intuition. So it's like, do I need yoga? Or do I actually just need to meditate? Do I need to go for a two hour walk with myself and put airplane mode on? You know what I mean? So it's like getting in touch with yourself, but then actually doing real life action to get you where you want to go. Mm-hmm. That was a long-winded answer. <laughs> no, I love that because it just reminded me of um, – it reminded me of – so I'm going to share a story. So okay. it reminded me of the real-life action that I took based on the deck. So there's this card in the deck, and mm-hmm. I feel like this card is me to the T. It's, mm-hmm. it's this like – it's this building – I don't remember the prompt on it. So it's a building. You'll know what it is. It's a building. And um, on top of the building is like this woman in a room. And through the windows, you can see that she's like working on a computer. Oh, yeah, baby. Commitment requires sacrifice. (laughs) Yes. And then, you know, like underneath that, it's like one of those like um, buildings where there's like a shop underneath and then like an apartment on top. And then outside the shop are like a group of people and they're being social and they're having fun. And so every time like I feel like 
I think I, the reason I say that that card is me is because I usually sacrifice like myself and my work for those like social, um, you know, scenarios or like to go mm-hmm. out and do X, Y, and Z when I know I should just be at home and it doesn't even have to be working. Like I, I just need to be at home and just like watch a movie that day or like just do my laundry. Like, cause doing laundry is self-care, honestly. You know, it truly not- is. It truly is because when you're not doing your laundry and you're like without clean clothes for like two days, you're like, it's, it's impairing your success and hustle. And so I got that card once and I was like, okay, like this is the general energy for the next month or so. Cause I, that was the intention that I was asking the cards is like, what can I do in the next month to create space for what it is that I truly want to attract in my life? That's my favorite question to ask my cards. And Mm -hmm. so then, you know, I was also simultaneously at the same time kind of going through like, yeah, like I never have time or like, you know, I feel like I'm always doing things out of obligation and I feel like I'm seeing things and and attending events out of obligation. And, and what it's doing is not only is it really, um, like it's, it's yes, of course, it's pulling me away from the work that I, I should have been doing, or, you know, I could have been productive in different ways. And again, not necessarily work, but it could have just been resting. But what it also does is that it makes me like dishonest with myself. And I feel misaligned being in a space where I actually don't necessarily like these people and I don't want to be here. I'm just here because I feel obligated to be here. And so Mm -hmm. I remember driving, I got ready for this party. I did my hair, I did my makeup, put on an outfit the entire time. I'm dragging my feet because I don't want to go so much so that I get in the car, I drive all the way there. I take the exit off the highway. And instead of turning into the place, I got right back on the highway and I drove home. Yeah. I was like, Harpo, what the fuck are you doing? I see you, dog. (laughs) Yeah. And so I got into the, like, I I got right back on the highway. I come home. My dad's like, what just happened? And I was like, you know what, dad? I realized I didn't even want to be there. And so my dad doesn't, my dad doesn't usually do this. He's not like this. He comes over, gives me a hug. He's like, wow, I'm so proud of you. And I'm like, thanks, bro. And then that's yeah. it. I took my hair and makeup off. I didn't give a shit that I had just done my makeup for 40 minutes. I was like, I don't care. I took it off, yeah. changed my clothes, sat my ass at home on a Saturday night. Yeah. And I love that. You know, here's the thing. Um, I want to talk about something afterwards because you've mentioned it a few times and I, I really want to speak to it because I think it's of value. But to this note is like, I really like want to point out right there, your commitment to yourself was being in your own energy. Like, it doesn't have to be about, oh, I need to sit here and grind out these hours. It's like, what is my true commitment? A commitment can literally be like, like, for instance, right now, like I started seeing a naturopath and I was just like, I'm on, I'm completely trying to readjust like my, my, um, like my gut so that I can like get rid of Mm -hmm. some of my, um, food sensitivities, whatever. And so every single day I have to take like seven vitamins every morning. I have to take a fiber shake. I have to do all these things, but it's Mm -hmm. like, it's like this commitment ultimately is a commitment to my body. So eventually I can eat tomatoes again. You know what I mean? So it's just like, it's just like, doesn't matter what your commitment is. It's just like, how committed are you to the betterment of yourself and to all of that? And, and to that note, the thing I want to talk about a little bit is this idea of rest and how I really want to, readjust the mentality around it to how productive rest is. So Mm -hmm. what do you think rest is? 
Um, rest to me is never really like laying in my bed all day. You know, that doesn't mm-hmm. feel like rest for me. Rest feels like I'm spending time with loved ones who are helping me recharge. That feels like rest where I can essentially turn my brain off and just spend time in love and, you know, yeah. giving love and receiving love. That to me is rest. And it took me a long time to realize that just because I might not be sitting on the couch watching Netflix all day doesn't mean that I'm not resting. Yeah, exactly. And it's like rest is truly letting your mind go. So it's just like it's truly rest of the mind. So like let's say if you have X problem and it's all you think about all day, it's like allowing that to actually like you completely have a mind shift and you completely let that go. That's like true rest is rest of the mind. And I just like I really want to say like even in co-creating the world that you want like ultimately why are we why are we creating things why are we manifesting things it's because it's how we want to live right mm-hmm. but nobody wants to live like a person who's going all the time so it's like how do you want to rest that's so mm-hmm. important like how do you want to spend your downtime how do you want to spend that time where it's like your mind is alleviated from all of its responsibilities and i think asking yourself that question is very very important because then that's how you end up actually creating the world that you have. Like for me, it's like, I know every single day, like I can work until the end of the day and I can drive home and I can take a shower. I can look out the window for 10 minutes and I could pass the hell out. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. if I don't have like three, four hours to myself in the morning, like I'm just a zombie of a person, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like, where do you prioritize that rest in your every single day life? And how do you make it a non-negotiable so that you don't subscribe to this like hustle culture that's unhealthy, but like then you hustle at a rate where you, where it truly honors you. And it's not like, oh, I'm hustling for no reason and I'm overworked and I'm exhausted, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just want to say that like having now gone through a lot of what we've talked about in this episode and coming to these realizations and really committing myself to the self-awareness, everything that Soman and I are talking about, you know, is really like a way for you to live a more authentic, happy, more fulfilled life. And it sounds really daunting and it sounds like, oh, I don't know how to do that. And I don't know if I have the strength to do that. And, you know, we've talked about this a couple of times, but like we were also those people at a very, you know, for a long time in our lives. Like I love using the the words asleep and awake to kind of dichotomize what my life was like before and what it's like now. And I can truly say that like I am happy, you know, and I don't think about happy as like being, um, you know, like ecstatic and over like joyed all the time. But like, I am at such a smooth, balanced place. You know, if I look at like, let's say like a scale, negative 10 being sad, and then happy being positive 10, and then neutral being zero. I love being at zero. It was like what you said before. It's like your hands can't be flat and they can't be closed. They have to have a little bit of a bend to them. And I love that little bit of little bit of bend in my life. No. Yeah, 100% because you need the yin and the yang of life in order to show you what you want, but then also to give you that contrast to enjoy your life. Like it also allows you to enjoy your pain in a very different way. And I say that with tact because I know that a lot of people experiencing pain feel like, why would I enjoy this? But like pain is ultimately faithless, right? And so mm. if when you're when you're sinking and uh, sinking into your pain, you ultimately there's a lack of belief that there's better on the way. And it's just like, 
sedimenting in your mind that like tomorrow will always be better than today and that like no matter what like this contrast is for me not to me mm-hmm. yeah and our thoughts are so powerful right our minds are so powerful yeah. I read this book once and it was called infinite possibilities and like our thoughts become things you know when we say I'm not strong enough we actually become not strong enough but when we say yeah. I'm powerful. I got this. You know, it's like I always use the example of like, you know, like a like a hair removal, right? Like when I'm mm-hmm. getting like waxing done or I'm getting like, you know, um th- like a laser treatment done. I'm like, okay, I I get to choose if I'm going to lean into the pain of the laser on my leg or if I'm going to distract myself and think about what I'm going to eat when I go home. And when I start to think about where I'm going to what I'm going to eat when I go home, then the laser can keep happening and it'll get done, you know? But it's when I yeah. start to feed that fear that's when I start to like tense up and then the entire process is a lot harder. And instead of thinking about the pizza I'm going to eat afterwards, I'm constantly fixated on the pain. Um, So our thoughts are so powerful and our minds are so powerful and they they do definitely help co-create our universe. I agree, honey. Oh, this mm-hmm. is so powerful. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you so much, Simon, for being on the Brown Girl Guild podcast and for just course, opening yourself you. up and, you know, again, like sharing your knowledge and sharing your wisdom that, you know, and, and, and also I'm really grateful to all the teachers and, you know, guides that you've had in your life that, you know, you were able to channel this into the people who are going to be listening to this episode and in me as well. I learned a lot from this episode. So thank you so Aww. much for being, being here with us. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for creating this podcast. And, you know, for anyone who's listening, like the one thing that I would say is a takeaway is ask me literally on a piece of paper, ask yourself, like, what is my intention for the day? And like, it could literally be like, today, I intend to be super productive and get x, x, and x done. And by simply just checking in with yourself and asking yourself, okay, if this is my intention, what what do I need to do to take care of myself in order to make sure that I can do this? That is you creating a relationship with your intuition. And ultimately, that's going to change the game for you forever. Mm-hmm. So I hope that you guys all try that. But ultimately, thank you so much for having me on here. I'm so proud of you. And I'm so grateful for you and the community that you're building. And yeah. I'm sure we'll do it again. Thank you so much. And if folks want to get their own mindfulness deck, how can they do so? Oh, you guys can go to exoandhustle.com and you can grab a mindfulness deck. Or if you're local to Vancouver, you can check out our Instagram. And then we have our deck in a bunch of different stores if you want to see it at IRL. Oh my God. Yes. I love when I walk into a store and I see the deck. I'm like, that's my friend. <laughs> I know, dude. Sometimes I see it in the, in like, I was just in Gastown and I saw it in a window and I was like, oh my God. I literally stopped my car, put my hazards on and went and took a picture. Oh I was like, that's my brain, baby. <laughs> oh my God. I love that. Well, there you yeah. go, folks. Co-create your universe and you can do it always with the help of people in your life. We heal so much in community. We heal so much in relationships. So there it is there's your incentive to go and heal yourself as well